Hi, this is Bill Ringel, host of My Quest for the Best, where we're ambitious small business leaders share and discover strategies and tactics to unlock their growth potential. Joining me today is Mike Saunders. Mike founded his company, Marketing Huddle, to focus on the strategy, tasks, and execution of bringing in new prospects and new business so that the client can focus more on the core business. Mike's focus on authority positioning has allowed him to develop a done-for-you program to help small and mid-sized business owners elevate the brand in the eyes of the marketplace and stand out from the competition and win more business. Mike Saunders is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Authority Selling. He's a contributor to the Huffington Post, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council. Welcome, Mike. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. Would you fill in a detail or two from that introduction to give us some more insight into your personal life today? I spent about 12 years in the mortgage banking industry, and in the United States in about 2007, there was this little blip in the economy called the crisis meltdown, or whatever we want to remember it as, and it just really decimated the entire industry. So at that point, I decided to go back and get my MBA in marketing, and I did that all online and started teaching marketing for a few different universities, and it was through the MBA program that I started my marketing firm, Marketing Huddle, because one of the projects was, you know, think of a business plan of a firm you'd like to start and we'll apply these, you know, principles of the marketing and the business plan to that. So I just started that and then I started picking up a client here and there and then it just started growing and um, it was really interesting how even during those tougher times you would notice some companies that would, you know, cease all marketing and advertising because they were cutting back and then the strong ones, the smart ones would get out in front of it and, you know, cut back just a hair, but they would keep keep that momentum going, knowing that their competitors were cutting back, and then they would gain that market share. So for the last uh, nine years, I've focused on helping small business owners, entrepreneurs, consultants with uh, their marketing, with some real cutting-edge uh, marketing strategy. And just in the last few years, this kind of cottage industry has formed, which is authority positioning, which just really uh, helps your competitive advantage just to distance yourself from your competition and help you be seen as that obvious choice in front of your target audience. We're going to break those pieces down because you've packed a lot of information in, in that one reply. Let's start off with talking about founding your company marketing huddle. First of all, how did you come up with the name of it? And secondly, take us back to that time when you were going through your MBA class and you put this into a plan and did you decide to test it by putting it out into the marketplace to see if there was actually a market for this? How did it go from a a project in an MBA class to actually what you pivoted to to become your, your business? Yeah, I think with, uh, well, first of all, the name is kind of like, um, if, if you like sports, that's fine. You think of a football huddle, um, but there actually is, you know, a, a dictionary term definition of, you know, a huddle. And, and a lot of times in business uh, consulting, you'll see them recommend, you know, do a daily huddle, do a weekly huddle, and get your team to come together and talk about what's working, what's not. So when you think about, you know, even in that football huddle, we're kind of getting together, hunkered down, and talking about, you know, the plan. And let's get everyone on the same page. So, you know, from the marketing huddle, that aspect, um, it's, it's let's just talk marketing and let's focus.
focus on that and let's get something launched that we're going to be all the entire team together on the same uh, page. And where it kind of came from through my uh, project in my MBA course is just like anything, you think about, you know, do you want to make widgets? Well, you, you got to test it out. And so, you know, with uh, with my degree in marketing, I figured that that would be something that I would enjoy to do with other people because that's what my studies were focused on. And then, of course, I would started interviewing different business owners and, you know, finding out what the need was in the in the market and the industry. And then, you know, someone was was uh, w- would come back and say, "Well, can you help me with this?" And you know, so it was not a straight trajectory. I can tell you about the train wrecks and the crashes along the way because that's another important piece of it. You know, you think about um, uh, recently I I heard Damon John with Shark Tank had mentioned that he almost prefers to take on uh, businesses that he invests in only when he notices that they've had failures in the past. He doesn't want to see the trust fund babies and the ones that were the you know instant successes, and he doesn't want to come on alongside with them because he wants to see the people that have failed and learned from the failure, gotten up, dust themselves off, and move forward with putting those lessons into place. So I think that's an interesting mindset that we all need to keep in mind because you know most of the time you, you hear that phrase, you know, you win or you, and people are like, yeah, yeah, lose. When are you lose? No, you win or you learn. And I think that's the, a huge, huge piece as an entrepreneur to keep in mind is sometimes everything doesn't work out exactly like you planned, and you need to remember not to give up too soon. Don't try it for 10 minutes and think, well, that didn't work. You need to give it that you know good uh, um, focus and, and for the time frame that it needs to give the most chance for success. But if it does not turn out the way you wanted – Take those lessons, move on to the next iteration of that plan, and move on to build from that. Mike, you and I both know that that's not exactly common practice, even though it's common sense that we want to learn from our mistakes, from our failures, from things that don't work out. How do you, how do you cultivate that as a mindset to help people always think to when something doesn't work the way that you want, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether you win or learn. That's a, a great phrase. But how do you cultivate that as a mindset so you bounce back quickly and say, start asking questions about how did I learn from this? What do I take from this rather than just heap on the the blame and the recrimination for it not working out? Well, I think it has to be part of your kind of the way you're wired as an entrepreneur. You know, if you're not wired that way, the alternative is you have something that does not go your way and you just give up and run for the hills and throw your hands up and say, see, that didn't work, and then I'm going to go back and you know take that punch-the-clock job. But as an entrepreneur, if you want to build that business, build that legacy, and achieve those dreams that you have set out for um, – that it's just a requirement and you have to come to grips with that mindset of this didn't work this way and and you know what that presupposes it presupposes that you had a plan going into that initiative so let's say that there was a marketing initiative that you wanted to you know get the word out about this new services you have or this new product and you want to do follow these specific tactics because there really are you need to have the strategy before the tactics because if you just start throwing tactics out there without a strategy then you're really going in multiple directions but that the the mindset of here's the plan here's what I want to achieve and it's kind of like how Stephen Covey uh, used to teach in his writings begin with the end in mind well if the end in mind is 
X, this this objective, what do I need to do to reach that? And then, okay, now let's launch it. And I'm doing the things that I've planned out, and I'm keeping at it for, you know, the consistency and congruency. And then if at the end of that, um, uh, you know, project, things did not turn out the way you wanted, what are you going to do? And it really, it's a mindset, but it really should be just a, a way of doing business is what went wrong, what could have been done differently, and if I want to do this again, how can I enhance upon what I just did? And I think that's the biggest the biggest takeaway is, you know, maybe there was a, a small level of success. Well, let's just do it again, but then do it a teeny bit better or a little bit longer or align with the right uh, strategic alliances. Tell me, what led you to write your book, Authority Selling? Was there a particular instant or a particular um, conversation that made you think, I ought to just put this down as a, as a book, and you also have it as a workbook because you definitely encourage people to write in there in order to crystallize their thoughts and make plans as they're going through the book? Yeah, you know, I mentioned some of the, you know, roller coaster ups and downs uh, over the years because I don't think anybody just starts a business and they, you know, have this consistent trajectory upward. There's going to be those ups and downs. Well, what I started noticing after the economy started coming back, uh, sputtering back to life is I found myself with a really bad problem, which was shiny object syndrome. And I would see all these things out there, these marketing initiatives, and it would sound oh so good. And I would go, ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to offer that. And I'm going to start marketing this for, to help clients with this thing. Whether it was Facebook marketing, social media, text messaging, email marketing, whatever tactic you want to think about, they all you know, you could read a sales letter and think, wow, this, this is the next best thing. Let's, let's offer that. And the problem came where I was just trying to be too many things to too many types of people and I was never an expert in one specific thing. And so what happened was I, one of the, the aspects, one of the teachings that I was reading at the time was, you know, this new concept of content marketing was coming out where it was, um, you know, don't try to advertise to people, educate people, become their educator and advocate for their success and put that content out there, whether it was blog post or whatever the case is. And one of the things really resonated with me was, you know, everybody's doing, you know, good content on social media, good content on a blog post, but but not many people are out there writing a book. And so take your your methodologies and put it out in a book. And so um, this was, you know, a, a point where social media was kind of hitting that high in the roller coaster of uh, everyone was just doing social media, but they were doing it in the wrong way. They weren't doing it with a strategy. They were just, you know, as a business owner, they were just out there on social media. So I put together a book, my first book on business social media. And I wrote it in a fictional story format, and it was really a, a, a great book, great content, great concepts. And so I remember when it came out, I was at a, a meeting of a bunch of other marketing consultants, We and I still consult for the small business development centers. There's probably, I don't know, four or five in each you know larger state where it's a division of the SBA, and you just work and help with entrepreneurs. Well, at this consultant's meeting, I had brought my new book, and here it was in, you know, four-color, glossy, you know, nice 150 page book and I handed it out and everyone was so impressed and one of the consultants was also an instructor at a local university and he says hey come in and speak to my group my class about business social media that's excellent so I did and then after that 
he asked, would you like to teach a class? And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And so that led to multiple classes taught at that university. had no clue literally that it even existed. And it only came because I put my area of expertise in the form of a bug. And it was at that point that I realized if I just had given a two-minute elevator speech about how people should do social media differently, it would have gone in one ear and out the other because people talk about many different things. But having that book set me apart and was able to elevate me to that status in that instructor's mind of I've got something valid to say, and it led to a large teaching contract for that uh, year. You said that what inspired you to write the book was to help you overcome shiny object syndrome and say, this is an area I want to stake out. As you wrote the book, you found that it really helped you differentiate from the competition, and three, it led to bigger contracts and bigger work as you were getting your company started. Is that right? Exactly right. And so when I noticed that, I immediately started making plans in my business to stop doing all of these extra things I mentioned earlier. And I just completely focused my business on authority positioning. So it's kind of a cottage industry now. You know, it's kind of everybody hears about influencers and, you know, that's the mega, mega names that have, you know, huge followings. And if they pick up a brand of whatever and they put it on the Instagram, then everyone's buying that. So that's an influencer. Well, Many times we or our clients or you as an entrepreneur, you're not an influencer. And maybe you would never be that level of influencer. We don't have superstar, celebrity, movie star status. But guess what we do have? We have a message and we have some expertise that we are really good at in what we do for our customers and our clients. So how can we kind of corral that all together into our little, you know, authority positioning portfolio and how can we get that out to the world? So when I refocused my consulting firm to just help clients with building and expanding and optimizing their authority and this authority position, it really clarified for me and it helped other people realize, yeah, a marketing consultant does a lot of things, but an authority positioning coach, now that's interesting. How can that help me? And so that led me to write the book because um, in reality, a lot of people hear the word selling and they go, well, I'm not a salesperson. Well, you really are because whether you are an entrepreneur, business owner, you know, you sell. Or maybe you just are, you know, selling your ideas in the boardroom. I mean, we all are selling. But when you can sell from the position of expertise and authority, your ideas will land that much better. So in the book, I teach what is an authority positioning portfolio, which is a collection of authority positioning assets. Well, here's an example of an authority positioning asset. Could you get mentioned in your local media? Could you, um, you know, get connections with a local reporter and maybe pitch a story on how your business is helping the community by fill in the blank? Well, what if you were mentioned in the media in a small piece and you could use that newspaper clipping, that online, you know, mention uh, in the, the local news media in your marketing? Do you think that your competitor has that? Probably not. Do you think that in your next social media post, your next email uh, newsletter, your website, you can say, hey, you know, I was so humbled to have been mentioned by local, you know, news, uh, CBS news station where my company was featured and we were mentioning whatever. Well, now you've got something to talk about. And when you do it humbly from the 
position of a humble brag, not a prideful, you know, um, approach. People will click on that or view that and go, hey, they really, that's really interesting. That's neat. And and then it just starts from there. So having that a position of authority helps you to sell or promote your business and your ideas from a whole different mindset than your competitors that are typically saying coupon, coupon, discount, discount, come in and buy now before the sale ends. That's right, because all they're doing is they're putting offers and asking you to buy where someone who's following the authority portfolio model or the authority positioning model are actually looking to help people as a way of building a relationship. Not all of us are going to be, like yep. you said, an influencer, like an Oprah who says this is the book everyone should read and thousands of people click on that book and buy it. Tell me about an example of someone who isn't a likely person to use authority position who you've helped. Maybe someone who's done something that seems very, where there's a lot of competition, let me say. And it's hard to differentiate. Maybe someone like a tax preparer or uh, a website developer where there's lots and lots of competition. And at the end of the day, what they're going to offer is pretty much what their competition is going to offer. How does authority positioning help someone in that situation, Mike? I've got a client named Henry Kaminsky, and he's a graphic designer. And he does wonderful high-end designs. Well, as you can imagine, there are a lot of people that do graphic design. Right, whether you have a storefront or online, uh, and, and you can get a whole variety of quality levels. So how do you stand out and be seen as someone that really does a great job? And so he came to me and we, we started just talking about how he can elevate his brand. And the first thing that we did for him was building kind of like the keystone of that authority positioning portfolio. And I helped him become an Amazon best-selling author without writing a word. And then about 60 days of time, and it took him about, if you compressed all of his, you know, personal time involved in the project, it was about three hours. And a lot of times people think, writing a book, I can't even write a blog post, and it's going to take two and a half years. But literally, I've got a system down where you don't have to write a word, and it takes you about three hours of your time. And in about 60 days of myself and my team working with what we put together, it's done. And so we had his Kindle version, we had his paperback version, we had his, you know, news media release talking about the release of the book. He hit some bestseller list along the way when we launched that. And now what he was able to do is push out to his social media, his email list, his website and online. And so for instance, um the kind of like the connotation of the word asset is it's long term. So if you think about a Facebook ad campaign, you pay Facebook for every whatever, impression, click, whatever you set it up to be. But when you stop paying into that campaign, the results go away. Well, if you have an authority positioning asset and you can put, you know, Google your name and business and like, for instance, when you Google Henry Kaminsky branding, you will see on the first page of Google his website because you would expect to see his website connected to his name. But then you'll see, hey, here's a podcast. Here's a um, press release. Here's, you know, link to his book. All of these things that you will see that now are not come to me, come to my website and let me sell to you. They are pre-positioning his authority where someone may, well, I'm going to listen to that um, little podcast interview or I'm going to click on that press release and read about him. Or, oh, he, he wrote a book. That's interesting. And so many times our prospects, they're not 
I mean, there's there's a, a place for search engine optimization. But for a lot of entrepreneurs, SEO is very expensive, and they're focusing on terms that people may or may not be Googling. Um, but on a small scale, you need to realize that a, a huge amount of, of your prospects are Googling your name and your brand because maybe they were introduced to you, your your name by a friend. And so, hey, you need to call so-and-so. Um, they did a good job for me. Well, before they call or contact you, they're Googling you. And so what do you see? What do they see about you? If you can put some of these authority positioning assets out there online, like what we mentioned here with Henry, now people are viewing and listening and reading so many of these things and getting a great solid feel for his brand even before they reach out to him. And they come to him pre-positioned, pre-sold in, in that sense. And of course, then he's got to deliver the goods or else he's not congruent to his brand. But when he does, now people are seeing that ahead of time and there's, and these are permanent assets. So, you know, if you think about that comparison of the Facebook campaign, so many times, you know, why do I really care about getting 200 clicks on a video I boost it on Facebook, that's not a quantifiable metric to turn into business for me. I mean, yes, you can say, you know, for every X number of clicks, I should be able to get X number of conversations and then close this much business. But so many times it doesn't work out in that way. But if you've got an asset like, hey, here's a copy of my book that I wrote, and you can use that as a, as a leverage to open up doors to close business with your prospects because your competitors don't have anything like that. And if you can get out in front of that, you really have won the race. So, Mike, that's really interesting. And when you said earlier that Henry was able to do this without writing a word and develop a Kindle book and a news release, what that means is that through your company, you were providing a done-for-you service so that there was actually a book that was created. You can't have a bestseller without a book, right? Yeah, and, you know, that's huge because I think that um, what I realized over time is you can teach people a lot of things and give them a course and give them nine modules of this or that or the other, but they, they typically people aren't going to finish the course and not going to be focused, and then once they do finish it, they're not going to do it themselves, whatever it might be. And so I think the done-for-you model is so viable because people these days want um, something done for them, handed to them, and quickly without a lot of hassle. And so like I mentioned uh, a second ago, so many times people say, man, I, I don't even know about writing a blog post, you know, a 800-word blog post, which that's a whole other strategy of authority positioning. You need to have your thoughts out there and, and written. So when you think about writing a book, it just it just overwhelms people. So when I structured my program, and I kind of call it three-hour authority because in three hours of your time, we're done. We 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 put it together, and, I've, and the first step in the onboarding process is – um, a really powerful online exercise that you do, which I kind of call emo transpo, and it's an emotional transformation of how you view your business, the impact you have to your target audience, and the solution to the problem you provide so that it gives us now a focus of what your authority positioning portfolio, um, which includes the book, the interview, the media, and all of these things will be focused on. And from there, we put together a strategic set of questions, and then we bring you on um, my podcast show, Influential Entrepreneurs, and we do about an hour and a half long uh, interview. 
And I will tell you that so many times people would nod their head and go, yeah, I can't write a blog post, but man, if you told me to come down to the chamber this afternoon on short notice and talk about my business to people that might be interested, I can talk for hours because I know my business. And I think that's where um, I, I like to say that there's a disconnect between your head and your hands. So if you have your, all of your, your content, your intellectual property, your expertise in your head, getting it out on paper or typing it, you know, your hands just kind of has this some blockage there. But if I bring you on and I interview you and we talk and we go deeper and we bring up, you know, what if scenarios and, you know, what if you're, what if someone doesn't address this or that uh, point that you just brought? What would happen and what is your solution? And we put this together in a very strategic way. Being interviewed about your business and your solution is a breeze, and that hour and a half just flies by, and from there, that provides our content. We have that transcribed, and it becomes a very vibrant, um, warm interview-style book, and now we are off to the races, and your job is done other than just approving the pieces as we move forward. But having that kind of that thud factor, you know, having that book in hand to hand to a prospect or to get yourself as a keynote speaker at a local event, if that is something that is part of your business development it's just such a door opener i think that's great i think that what you're you're sharing with people and i think many people can relate to is that it's so much easier to interact and respond to questions than to stare at a blank screen or a blank page yep. and look to get words out there are many business owners who are interested in doing this and what would be something that a business owner entrepreneur should do today to start developing their authority positioning. You've you got to start small with, think back of the last five to ten customers or clients that you worked with. What was it that you did for them? What was the solution you provided? What was their problem? And maybe if you could start going back through and doing that exercise to a handful of clients and you start seeing some tra- um, patterns and trends and you start seeing, well, you know what? So many of my good clients or customers, you know, the ones that took my best product or service and and were the least high maintenance, the ones I really, really want to work with, uh, again, those types of people, you know, they typically have this problem or they typically um, have this need and here's what I provided to them and they now are raving fan, raving fan clients. So if you can figure that out, you know, what is your one solution to their one problem? Now, not that our clients have only one and we only have one solution, but what's the main one where if you can solve that, everything else tends to fall into place and you make the most impact. And if you can solve that for them, then they are sticking with you and coming back and going, hey, this is incredible. You helped us with this. What else can we do? So if you can figure that out and then now start structuring um, some things around that. And and again, with that mindset of there's a disconnect between your head and your hands, now you're like, okay, I know my target audience's problem and my solution, but now what? And you need to get in the mind of your prospect and what they think and feel and worry about and so many times that's just a simple exercise of what is the top 10 frequently asked questions that I typically get. So if you think about that and you think of those surface level questions and, well, people are wondering about this and they will ask that and here's, here's 10 questions I typically get all the time. Well, if you can answer those in written form, audio form, video form, whatever you feel comfortable doing, then you've got a lot of content that you can use to now get out there. I think that's really good advice, and I hope that people listening are following that. 
This brings us to our, our fast favorite five question round. So I'm going to ask you five questions and give me your top of mind response to it. So number one, who's a thought leader you'd like to have dinner with? I would say Seth Godin. I love his writings. I've seen him live once. I would love to interview him, but just can never seem to land a, an opportunity to bring him on and, and do an interview. So I'd love to have dinner with Seth Godin. Number two, what's a business book you'd recommend to listeners that you've found valuable? How can you pick just one? You know, but with the the mindset of um, content marketing and becoming that educator and advocate for your target audience, there's a really good one um, called The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes, and I think that's an excellent read. Number three, what's one specific tool or technique that you use to stay focused and on track? No matter what tool or technique that you say that you will use, you still got to use it. So I think that it, I'm going to switch it up and say you've got to have something inner, an inner drive to use that tool or technique to stay focused. So, for instance, if you set a little timer and you say, "Here's my top three tasks that I need to complete for you know the first half of my day," don't get distracted. Don't start and then stop and take a call and take an email. So maybe the technique would be. Turn off all um, alerts on your computer. So if you get emails and it dings or it pops something up, turn all of that off. You never need that. So, you know, focus on that one task and spend 20, 30 minutes on it and get it done and then pop over and check if you have voicemails or emails. And then go back over to your second task and focus on that. But having some of those distractions taken away from dings or alerts or sounds or pop-ups, that can help you stay focused. Number four. What's the best advice you ever got? You know, I, I would probably say always stay educated in reading in your industry so that you can stay up to date. And then um, another aspect is just keep keep plugging away and keep that consistency and sense of urgency in implementing the things that you're learning. And don't just try something for a minute or two and then deem that it didn't work and stop. You, you need to have that long-term consistency. And number five, what's the favorite thing that you do when you're not helping people in your business? You know, I live in Colorado, and so our family has a place up in the mountains, and we love to just go out and hike and ride ATV and, and just enjoy the outdoors. Well, Mike, you've shared such great ideas with us on my quest for the best today. You've talked about how you want to think in terms not of win and lose, but what did you win or learn? Uh, how to get off the roller coaster by focusing on one thing and overcoming shiny object syndrome and how you use your book in order to do that. You use authority positioning and really positioned yourself as an authority within the authority positioning niche. And gave us an example of how Henry did his work with a branding coach in order to become a number one Amazon bestseller um, in his category. You talked about the importance of having the thud factor when you actually produce a book for people looking to differentiate themselves. And you gave us advice to start small and really get started in order to make something happen because that's where you really get the results. What's one idea you'd like to leave listeners with and then tell us about how they can reach out and find out more about you and your work? Yeah, you know, I think the the one idea would be that building your authority is your number one priority. And you really need to keep that in mind because if you are, are keeping that on the forefront of your business promotions is building that authority in a multiple different platforms, 
So don't only pick one platform and do that all the time. Have multiple platforms. You know, write a book and have the blog post and, you know, generate uh, client reviews so that social proof is taking place and get mentioned in the media, all of these things. Um, and so my, my book, Authority Selling, covers a lot of that, covers a lot of uh, do-it-yourself ways to do that. So, of course, you can take the fast track and hire someone to do it for you uh, with some done for you. But there are some things you can do on your own. So uh, maybe that pick up a copy of my book, um, and I do have a um, free offer where you can go to authorityselling.book.com and pick up a copy and just pay shipping, and uh, you'll get a paperback copy in the mail, and you can read through that and see some of the tips and tricks and strategies that I recommend through the book. And then, uh, of course, if you want to reach out and learn more about my business um, as the authority positioning coach, you can go to authoritypositioningcoach.com.